Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. This is hour number two of Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer with you. Hope you're having a... Uh... Terrific Thursday. Oilers Now is brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. Don't spend your valuable time meeting with door-to-door sales reps. Digitex is your all-in-one convenient location at digitex.ca, Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. Coming up at uh, one thirty-five. in full disclosure, we have to pre-tape the interview because his team's going on the ice. But Scott Sandlin, the head coach of the two-time defending national champ, University of Minnesota Duluth Bulldogs, who have become a powerhouse program in the U.S. They are playing the Alberta Golden Bears Saturday night. we got to get one of those NCAA teams up here. But every Thursday in Oilers now, he is our headliner, Brian Burke for Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction and service, electrical prefabrication and solar. As we go off to the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline, we are pleased to be joined by longtime NHL executive, uh, Brian Burke, who I was watching his segment during the intermission last night, uh, showing the five-man attack, five-man back Oilers support system that Dave Tippett is incorporating. Brian, welcome back. How you doing? Good, thanks, Bob. How was your off-season? Uh, it was pretty good. I was in the, as you know, I was in the plane last Thursday, flying to Winnipeg for the preseason game. Uh, we do the show, uh, Brian, year-round, so uh, I got two weeks in Kelowna which is, uh, you know, Kelowna and out in the Vancouver Island, which is always good. Um, it was too long, and hopefully uh, it's a shorter off season this year. You know what I mean, Brian? Yes, I do. All right. Uh, that's, uh, let's start, first of all, with your – I know you guys uh, had the orders broadcast last night. Your, uh, your perspective on what we saw. I thought the Oilers had a good start to the game. The first 12 or 14 minutes, I thought they uh... – Control plan had a good shot differential edge, and um, and I thought Vancouver gradually took the rest of that period over and outplayed them. It might have even ended up with a with a shot edge at the end of the first, but uh, and then I thought Vancouver uh, again carried parts of the game in the second. Edmonton came back, but Edmonton was refusing to break. I like the as I pointed out on TV the way Tippett has the guys playing in their own end. They were all alert, and responsible, and. I mean, I think the way this team's going to have to win is, you know, tread water with your bottom six, don't get scored on, be reliable, and then let the let the big boys break it open. And that's precisely what happened last night. Uh, in order to do that, you need saves, and they got them last night. Yeah, Smitty was sharp last night. Yeah, and uh, he does make a difference in terms of his ability to move the puck, doesn't he? Well, the first week we had him in Calgary, the first month that he played for us in Calgary, he played... Uh, I don't know, eight games. And the, the video coaches are calculating the number of hits. He took 100 hits off our D. So instead of going back and retrieving the puck and you got a 50-50 puck battle, Mike Smith stops the puck behind the net. The defensemen don't even go toward the puck. They just peel off to the corner. Yeah. And then he makes a really good decision and makes a, a breakout pass to them. Or if the other team's changing, he'll go right up to the far blue line. 
So it's like having a third defenseman that takes a lot of pounding off the D. It gets the puck moving quicker. You want to play a north-south game, it really helps. You guys, uh, you were with the Flames in 2014. Uh, the Oilers got Drysaddle at third. You guys got Bennett at four at that point. Um, I was as big a Leon Drysaddle booster as they was as there was. Corey Clouston, who I used to do Corey's games, had him in Prince Albert that season. In my wildest dream, like I thought he was going to be pretty good. Um, 50 goals last year, and last night he was the best player on the ice and just all around player. The guy's a horse, isn't he? Yeah, we spent a lot of time that draft year. We weren't sure what Edmonton was going to do because Sam Bennett was ranked right up there with these guys. So we spent a lot of time with Leon Dreisaitl. I remember Tree and I took him out for supper two nights before the draft, and our shrink met with him, and you know, we, we spent a, a fair amount of time on him this draft year. Well, our, our sports psychologist. Yeah. <laughs> we know um, what you meant. <laughs> I know. I should be more precise. Uh, um, politically sensitive. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, and he 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 passed every every test. Right. Every interview is so impressive, so polite, uh, good answers, thoughtful answers, really good English. He was. Uh, we loved him in Calgary. Absolutely loved him. But we loved Sam too. Yep. And very different players. Obviously, Leon's got more upside offensively, but Sam's, you know, Sam's a caveman. And uh, in the playoffs, that, that's a valuable thing. So, yes. um, both great kids and both great players. Leon, obviously, a more uh, highly, highly polished offensive player, but he was really good last night, Leon Dreisaitl. Yeah, I guess my point is, like, I kind of thought, you know, for sure they'd be getting a second-line center. But... You know, he played 26 minutes, and I know it's just one game, but, I mean, come on, last year he was second in the league in goals, which I never saw coming. Fourth, you know, maybe I thought, okay, it was, well, especially once they won you know, the lottery to get McDavid the next year, I did think it was possible that he could be a top-ten scorer. I just didn't think Leon would be as efficient of a goal scorer as he is. So it is, and, and you bring up the point about treading water in your bottom six. The Oilers got caved in last year, Brian. They missed Riley Sheehan last night. Like, he was an important player. Like, you know, he's going to have a defined role, and, and they had some challenges getting pucks out uh, with their third and fourth lines last night. It was really noticeable. Well, that's, Ken, you know, Kenny brought Riley Sheehan in, and, and that's what he's brought him in for. There's a veteran presence to solidify the, you know, with PK and, and solidify the bottom six and be a leader and teach these guys to be reliable. And, you know, I, I thought Nygaard showed some good signs last night. I liked him. Yep. Uh, Haas, I, I didn't know much about. I liked him. I mean, stretches. He had some bad stretches, too. But, no, if you're the Edmonton Oilers, I think two things what you feel last night. One is relief, obviously. You win the first game at home. It's always big. Yep. But two is you can see this formula might work. If you get good goaltending, your bottom six treads water. They don't get scored on. They keep the game close. You've got two weapons that most teams can only dream of having. So you're going to win some games late like that. So I think everyone slept well last night in Edmonton, I think. Except maybe once they found out that Adam Larson had a busted bone in his foot. So that's, yeah. that's a and, – and, you know, hey, they wrote a song – tragically, Hip wrote a song about, you know, Bill Barilko, uh you know, and yep. we had – was it Bobby Bond that played with a broken bone in his foot? Bobby Bond. Yeah. Bobby right. Bond played with a broken – actually, the broken fibula, I think. Well, is that all he – well, guy, you know, guys had pain <laughs> thresholds of a cadaver back then, right? Well, I've, I've had a – I had a chance to have – we were trying to sign – 
Bobby Vaughn's grandson was a really good college free agent. He signed with Chicago. We tried hard to sign him in Toronto. I got to have dinner with Bobby Vaughn, and uh, you know, the, the, he's a great man. He's a, a, a really interesting guy. He's very smart. Has a great. He's an expert in art. Has a good art collection. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, oh yeah. He knows all. He's a very uh, educated man, like uh, self-educated man. Very interesting. And I didn't know anything. I just thought, you know, tough old defense and play with a broken leg. But what a fascinating guy. What a great dinner that was. Interesting stuff. Hey, I, I know you like cheering for the underdogs sometimes, and you've always, you know, appreciated a guy who's prepared to stick his nose in it. It's pretty cool seeing Scott Sabrin score for the Ottawa Senators last night, wasn't it, given the amount of time he spent in the minors over the last several years? Well, do you guys remember, remember Ryan Hamilton when he played a game for, sure. for Toronto? Yeah. Six years in the minors. Yeah. Six years in the minors. We had him and here. One of the, we had him here. One of the yeah. best kids you'll ever meet. One of the best kids you'll ever meet. He was in Bakersfield for you guys, I think, right? Yep, yep. And um, when he played his first NHL game, I, I was almost in tears. And that's how I felt about Sabrin. I don't know him, but five-plus years in the minors, never get a sniff. And play your first game, getting a couple of really good scraps in the preseason, score a goal, and call for the goal too. Like it wasn't, it wasn't like some pile up that he was flashing away at things. He cut to the net and he beaver tails for the puck. So that's great. That's a fantastic story. Last night, talk about opening night in the National Hockey League. Last night, there were three excellent games. There were some good physical battles. Stanley Cup banner hoisted. Lots of cool stuff last night. Austin Matthews uh, scores two goals. John Tavares named the next captain. The storylines from last night were unending. How much do you think Vegas potentially might be missing, Nate? I mean, the Oilers lose Adam Larson today, and we'll have our complete injury update coming up for the friends at James H. Brown and Associates in about nine minutes' time. But uh, that's a big loss in Vegas, too. Nate Schmidt's a heck of a defenseman, isn't he? Yeah, I haven't heard the medical report yet. I checked right before he went there, and I hadn't seen anything. I think he's getting an MRI or something today. Like he's he's a good he's a good defenseman. Well, he's a good defenseman. He's a good kid, and their their winning percentage with him versus without him is, is, is he's frightening the edge that he makes for them. I, well, last year he missed the first 20, right? He was suspended. His first game was against the Oilers. That was the last game that Todd McClellan coached as head coach in Edmonton. We're joined by Brian Burke for Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction, electrical prefabrication, solar. The Flames, Brian, won the uh, – they finished first, you know, in, in the Pacific, uh, top play, place team in the regular season in the Western Conference. I have them all day as a playoff team. But I think Vegas is actually going to win the Pacific Division. What about you? I don't know. Um, to me, I really like the team, but I, and and they looked really good last night. Um, I'm not sure that they. We'll see. I'm giving you a terrible answer. I guess the right answer would be, I want to see more before. Right. Um, they they fed off the energy of being a new franchise, the tragedy in Las Vegas. And they had a magical run. Then last year they came up short. There was no excuse for losing to San Jose. Right. You can make an excuse about that penalty on the Cody Eakins play, but the fact is they tied that game. They were tied late in that game, and they had a chance to win it. The goal that Thomas Hurdle scored to win it in double overtime, that's a warm-up shot. The Flurry's got to have that save. That, that's not a goal. That's not a puck that should have gone in. So they had no business. Vegas, to me... 
had no business advancing there. They really shot themselves in the foot. And San Jose, who had no business advancing, <laughs> ended up advancing. So, to me, I want to see how they rebound from that. Last year, they should have advanced and didn't. I want to see what happens. Okay. Uh, very quickly, we got Scott Sandlin coming on. Uh, I don't know. Oh, how... great, great, great guy, great coach. Well, it's. I mean, I went with the U of A back in 1989 into uh, Minnesota Duluth. And, you know, when we think of NCAA hockey, like out west, we, we would think of uh, Denver and North Dakota because they've recruited kids from Denver a lot from Alberta and B.C., North Dakota a lot from Manitoba, Saskatchewan, and Alberta. Um, you know, the two Boston schools you'd be familiar with, obviously, the, the power, those, those programs. You're familiar with all of them. But uh, Minnesota, heavily based with Minnesota area products. It's pretty amazing in a way what UMD's accomplished when in back-to-back titles in this day and age – and I don't know if they're, I mean, they're a powerful program, but I don't know if they're like a blue-chip program year in, year out for recruiting. So how have they done it, do you think? Well, I think it, Duluth has come back nicely. It was really, when I was growing up in Minnesota, I lived in the Twin Cities, and Duluth was kind of depressed because, of course, it used to be a source of uh, iron ore. Right. And that's why they called northern Minnesota the Iron Range. So they had low-grade iron ore there called taconite which they strip mine so it's really ugly and you have to restore the thing you know the the landscape when they're done but the wreck of him and fitzgerald that was a taconite boat that was an ore boat that came out of wisconsin so the ore boats will go down the great lakes to cleveland and the steve mills steel mills there or in gary indiana so they've really built downtown duluth back up you would have been in the old rink they've got a new rink since then if you were there in 89 it would have been the old rink but I think they, they, Scott Sandel, and we all call him Sandy. Sandy's done a great job there. They recruit. Um, they get a lot of Canadian kids and a lot of Rangers, a lot of northern Minnesota kids from the Iron Range. He's yep. done a great job. Great job. Well, it's, I mean, uh, last, you know, Denver, uh, you know, obviously, you know, Denver won the national title a couple of years ago. Uh, Todd McClellan's son was on that team. They were back in the national final four last year. And, uh, Todd Todd was in Buffalo, and it's 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 a remarkable thing. This has been quite the conversation. Like we've talked about Bob Bond being a Renaissance man. You showed it right there. You just educated us on on uh, on the local economy in Duluth. That's a, that's a wonderful thing. Uh, so one final one here for you, Brian. If you have one story that you're keeping an eye on, or one team that you're keep, and I know you're based in Toronto, and I think the Leafs are pretty good, Brian. I got to tell you, they might be lacking a little bit of jam come crunch time, but I think they're a pretty good team. Uh, but is there is there one thing you're keeping an eye on this year from your perspective? Yeah, the team in the in the East that I'm intrigued by that I don't I'm not picking for a playoff team, but I'm intrigued by what they did is Philadelphia. I'm curious what, what might happen there. I think they've made some good moves. In the West, it's Vancouver. And they, they showed it in flashes last night. They got big. It's a big team. Yep. And they're, they're going to be hard to move. I like J.T. Miller. Um, I like that I like they brought in Tyler Myers, who I love. I mean, I just think they did enough. They might find a way to get in. I can't see it today, but I'm watching Vancouver with my finger on the pulse, and I'm watching the Flyers. 
All right, Brian, uh, thank you for doing this. And, uh, you know, Brendan's pretty quick on his feet, so he's got a – we're going to pay homage to you and a Gordon Lightfoot right now, all right? Does that work? We'll talk next Thursday. Tell Sandy I said hello. He's a good man. All right, awesome. Thanks, Bob. Yep. With a couple of steel firms when they left fully loaded for Cleveland. And later that night when the ship's bell rang, could it be the north wind they've been feeling? That's an awesome tune. One I cannot sing. I can fake my way through Elton John. I can't sing that one. This is Oilers Now. You don't believe me? Brendan, you're shaking your head. I just want to see it firsthand. Okay, there was like 65 people one night that saw it. Back in the day of uh, Body by Bennett, when uh, a gentleman by the name of George LaRock would come back in the summer, he would have karaoke contests at his house. Okay? Let's just say there was a little bit of surprise one night for everybody there. George, he can't sing. (laughs) <laughs> That'll tell you. There are some people. Uh, actually, there's a guy that used to work in this building here who could really sing. Uh, 122 at Edmonton. Let's uh, take a quick time out. When we come back, uh, we are going to get to the injury report, which is quite appropriate on this day for James H. Brown and Associates. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Well, that's what we got up next when we return on Oilers Now. Hi, I'm Darnell Nurse from the Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. Oilers are going to be relying on Darnell a lot. We'll tell you why in a second here. Guests on our show, i got to hook up with Don here shortly. Uh, they receive guest certificates to Japanese Village. Steak and seafood cooked right at your table. Visit their Edmonton South, downtown, north side, and Sherwood Park locations. Well, I mentioned this uh, new sponsor, new feature. It's called the Oilers Now Injury Report, and it's presented every day by James H. Brown and Associates. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Trent Brown, running the show over there. He predates you, Brendan, but I will tell you this right now. When he was safety with the Edmonton Eskimos, they were playing Winnipeg. And today, in the put it this way, in the NCAA, he would be suspended. If you knock a guy out and it's called targeting... You, that's it. You're out for like the next, the first half of the next game. He absolutely annihilated a guy with a hit. Like it was, a, and Trent was, you know, when you hit a guy that good, sometimes you, I remember talking to Trent about it after. He's like, man, that guy's got a wife. He's got kids. You don't want to, he goes, yeah, that's the whole thing. Guys want to plaster each other, but they don't want to hurt each other. That's, that's part of the, when it comes to in hockey and in football, guys really don't want to hurt an opposing player, but they want to get a good look in on him. You know, they want to smoke him. So, anyhow, let's get to the orders now. Injury report for James H. Brown and Associates and bad news on the orders front. Yeah, so, well, I guess we can start there. I mean, here at home, Adam Larson on the long-term injury reserve after blocking a couple of tough shots last night. So he's got a fractured bone right above the ankle. and uh, No timetable t- yet for his return. Joel Pearson remaining on the IR with an upper body injury, although we're hearing some rumblings that he may be good to go this weekend. We'll see. Yep. Uh, elsewhere, Canucks tough guy Antoine Roos 
Roussel is out until late November as he continues to recover from knee surgery, though he has been skating on his own for a while now. In Winnipeg, Jets forward Brian Little out with a concussion indefinitely. Nathan Beaulieu was placed on IR with an upper body injury today as well. The Bruins are expecting to get David Krejci back for tonight's season opener after he had been sidelined since September 23rd with a lower body issue. The Penguins placing Brian Rust on long-term injury reserve this morning. He took a puck to his hand in the preseason. The good news in Pittsburgh, though, Alex Galchenyuk did return to practice yesterday. What about Crosby? Do we know what's going on there? Is he good to go? I know he blocked a shot late in preseason as well. I didn't see anything that I, indicated he'd be out. I'm so. not. I'm not asking. Uh, you know, I'm not asking for a friend or anything here. I, I might actually have him in the uh, armchair hockey league. All right, uh, Mark Spector tweeting out just more information on Adam Larson. Uh, Sportsnet spec, of course, uh, joins us Tuesday and Friday for horse racing Alberta. Sounds like Adam Larson's broken bone is higher above the right skate boot. Definitely a season wrecker suspect could be back in the new year so traditionally broken bones minimum six weeks depending upon where they are uh new year would mean that it's a 12-week injury um the vast majority of players who missed the first half of the season have second halves to forget and this will be a challenge uh, the order is obviously uh looking to uh, by placing adam larson on ltir uh they will have uh perhaps a mechanism at some point to uh, you can't force trades and we'll see what ends up transpiring again Bouchard being recalled to fully maximize the LTIR space uh, Ethan Bear who played tremendously well last night in my opinion uh, sent down Waters still have time to get him back up here for the game against LA on Saturday we'll go off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell Sandy that's what uh, Brian Burke called him uh, we'll get to a conversation with him coming up on Waters now Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.